Hello everyone and welcome to our podcast on the top European employment issues for 2023. I'm Crowley Woodford and head up the Ashurst European Employment Practice and today we'll be doing a whistle-top tour around our European practices to discuss what employers should be looking out for in 2023. Joining me today are my Ashurst colleagues Ruth Buchanan, an employment partner in London, Andreas Morristat, a partner in Frankfurt, Muriel Pariente, a partner in our Paris office, and Cristina Grande, uh, Employment Council in Madrid. So let's start in the UK. Uh, Ruth, can you tell us the, the key UK employment issues for employers in the year ahead, please? Hi, Crayley. Um, from a UK perspective, it's really a bit of a crystal ball gazing exercise at the moment. Um, we've got a piece of legislation called the Retained EU Law Revocation and Reform Bill, very snappily titled, um, currently making its way through Parliament. And in its current form, then EU-derived subordinate legislation and retained direct EU legislation are going to be revoked by the 31st of December next year, unless that legislation otherwise gets preserved. However, in recent weeks, actually Rishi Sunak, um, our Prime Minister, has flagged that he may reconsider that uh, 2023 date and deprioritize the bill. Um, also, opposition parties and the Conservative backbenchers in the UK Parliament are trying to delay the bill, um, and particularly they want to delay it um, back to 2026. And the Labour Party are also planning amendments to retain key worker rights around, for example, holiday and, and maternity. And then on top of that, to add further uncertainty, um, the Regulatory Policy Committee recently published their opinion on the impact assessment for the bill. And it concluded that the impact assessment wasn't fit for purpose and didn't sufficiently consider the full impact of the bill. Um, and so against that backdrop and from a UK employment law perspective, I think it's really unlikely that the government will remove any key pieces of legislation. Um, what I think is more probable is that the UK employment legislation, which replicates the EU derived legislation, will be introduced perhaps with slight amendments to the terms or possible reductions to the employee entitlement. Thanks, Ruth. Um, and what legislation do you think is going to be in the firing line? I think, of, um, I think there's a few that are potentially in the frame, um, and that's those that impose disproportionate burdens on employers and are unpopular with employers. And so these include regulations relating to part-timers, uh, to agency workers and to fixed-term staff, um, and their rights to equal treatment as compared with full-time workers. And, and Chupi, what do you think is going to happen there? My gut feel on Chupi is that there won't be any material changes. Um, when the government consulted on changing that legislation back in 2014, the message they got back from both employer organisations and also the trade union side was that they both really like the certainty that Chupi provides. However, one area that is really right for change is giving the ability to employers to harmonise terms and conditions following a cheapy transfer, as the restrictions in that area really give rise to a lot of frustrations for employers. And, and does this bill deal with EU and UK case law? Yeah, so the bill is also proposing to remove a number of EU-derived principles, and that includes the supremacy of EU law the principle of direct effect and general principles of EU law. 
So removing the principle of supremacy of EU law would mean that employment tribunals and, and courts here would no longer use EU decisions to help them interpret EU, UK law um, and general principles of EU law would no, no longer apply. And so any conflict between the retained EU law and domestic law would be resolved in favour of domestic law. And a number of key principles of employment law are enshrined in cases which relied upon EU decisions or are themselves derived from EU decisions. And so the interpretation of these principles could be subject to change if EU decisions are no longer a valid means of interpretation. Thanks. And, and what else might there be in the pipeline for the UK in 2023? Yeah, so there are a number of bills going through Parliament relating to neonatal leave, carers leave and redundancy protection for pregnant women and new mothers, which I think will all become law next year. Um, however, one area I wanted to focus on today is uh, flexible working requests. Following the pandemic, and as we all know, there's been a culture shift in many organisations where flexible working is now the norm. And there was a government consultation in 2021, which looked at proposed changes to the statutory flexible working regime. And the government has recently issued a response to that consultation. I haven't got time today to look at all of the points in the government's response, but if you do want um, a bit more information, we have prepared a, a client briefing, How Flexible is Flexible Working, um, which is available on the Ashurst website. The key takeaways are that changes are in the pipeline, such as the right to request flexible working on day one. And there will also be new administrative processes which underpin the right to request flexible working, which will include employees being able to make two requests in any 12-month period, up from one currently. And the employer's deadline for responding will be shortened from the current three months to two months. So although legislation is needed to make these changes, the flexible working space is one for employers to watch in 2023 um, as changes to your flexible working processes and policies might be necessary. Thanks, Ruth. Um, turning to Germany, Andreas, uh, what's on the horizon for, for you there in Germany? Yeah, thanks, Crowley. Um, well, we, we do indeed have a few interesting topics in Germany, uh, which will certainly have an impact on our clients uh, next year. Um, so let's start with time recording. Um, on the back of the 2019 uh, European Court of Justice ruling on time recording, uh, we've had a couple of court decisions in Germany confirming that employers in Germany must indeed keep records of their employees' working time, including uh, end and start time uh, and breaks taken. Um, now, on top of that, just in September, our federal labor court held um, that employers must also introduce a time recording system to comply with the obligations the uh, European court has established. Um, unfortunately, that hits us uh, here at a time when the new German Working Time Act has not even entered into force and it remains completely open at this stage what specific functionalities a time recording system would need to, to have under the new law. So the decision is in particular interesting and um, relevant for clients who <clears throat> currently do not run uh, any dedicated time recording system. So we've looked uh, at a couple of um, quite innovative 
mostly app-based systems, which would allow clients uh, to comply in a practical way. Uh, however, whether um, any of these standalone tools can be rolled out um, at a client depends very much on their existing system environment. So it may uh, be difficult to uh, get in place proper systems. Um, in any case, I, I think this is one of the prime issues which clients will need to tackle in, in 2023. Thanks, Andreas. And I understand that the whistleblowing implementation uh, is causing a, a few headaches there in Germany. Yeah, you're certainly certainly right, uh, Crowley. The, the Whistleblower Protection Act, um, which um, is the German um, implementation of the EU directive, should have been implemented by uh, 17th December 2021. However, at this stage, uh, the Act is still making its way through the parliamentary process, and the Commission has started uh, infringement proceedings against Germany because of that. Um, well, takeaway, of course, is clients uh, who still um, do not have an established whistleblowing system and, uh, um, and a procedure behind that system need to roll out that as a top priority in 2023. Mm. As a reminder, uh, under the directive companies with between 50 and 250 employees must establish their whistleblowing structure before 17th uh, of December 2023, so the end of next year. But companies with more than 250 employees are on a much stricter timeline and must implement their whistleblowing structures as soon as possible in 2023, ideally before the German Whistleblower Protection Act comes into force, which um, should hopefully now be in the beginning of 2023. One final thing on the horizon in Germany I wanted to mention is the German Supply Chain Act, which will come into force on 1st of January 2023. Um, the Supply Chain Act will bring um, extensive due diligence and reporting obligations for companies based in Germany um, regarding the basically the, the human rights situation of all of their suppliers along the supply chain. So companies which identify as, as a result of that due diligence, any human rights risks in their supply chains must adopt preventive and remediating measures to deal with that, um, which may include getting rid of suppliers who uh, are unable to um, provide proper guarantees uh, and safeguards. Um, there is some, some uh, pressure behind that, as non-compliance may result in massive fines up to 8 million or uh, for companies uh, with turnover of more than 400 million, up to 2% of their annual worldwide turnover. So I think those were the highlights. Thanks and back to you, Crowley. Thanks very much, Andreas. Uh, Muriel, turning to France, what, could, what can French employers expect in 2023? Yes, um, thank you, Cole. Uh, we have a few things coming up for next year. First of all, the French Parliament has just passed a new law in favour of full employment. One of the main features of the test is most certainly the one that provides for presumption of resignation 
for no call, no show employees. No call, no show employees is a situation in France where the employee just stops showing up for work without the employer permission and without any justification. In such a situation, the employer usually proceeds with the termination of the concerned employee for gross misconduct. So the employer won't pay any severance, like the legal indemnity or the notice period. But under French law, employees are entitled to unemployment insurance only in case of involuntary loss of employment. This was the case with the termination for gross misconduct of no-call, no-show employees, as opposed to an employee who has duly resigned and is not entitled to any unemployment insurance indemnification since they willingly and unequivocally terminated their own employment contract. Now, with this new law, an employee who abandoned his position will be presumed to have resigned after the employer has served a formal notice, requiring the employee to resume working immediately. They will therefore not be entitled to unemployment insurance. However, the new law provides for the possibility for the employee to challenge and reverse this presumption through an accelerated legal procedure before the labor court. The aim of this reform is to limit the use of this failure by employees who wanted to resign and stopped coming to work in order to be entitled to unemployment insurance compensation, which is very important in France, it's like 53% of the gross remuneration. However, this provision will not apply to employees who live for health and safety reasons. This reform, which should come into force in January 2023, raised many practical questions for our clients to work through next year. Thanks very much, Mira. That's, that's very interesting. I'm sure we'll keep you busy. I also understand a bit uh, pension reforms also imminent in France. Yeah, that will be a big issue. Uh, maybe, as you know, the French government has recently announced that the pension reform, which has already been postponed many times and which has been the subject of much debate in France over the past few years, will still take place in 2023 and come into force next summer. The French government has a budgetary and economic aim here by reducing the funding of civil servants' pension employees of the state it hopes there will be an increase in the number of employees who continue working past a certain age. Most generally, the purpose of the reform is to gradually raise the legal retirement age to 65 from the current 62 for all employees. This is a really huge reform. The reform could involve a gradual increase of the legal retirement age to 65 years by the middle of the 2030 by raising it's by four months per year. However, long careers and the hardship of certain occupations should be taken into account. The rules for combining work and retirement should also be modified and a minimum pension of 1,100 will be guaranteed for a full career. Let's see that because I don't know, but I don't know if you know that, but in France, uh, increasing uh, the, the pension and the, the current age is always very complicated 
So I guess this will be a lot of debate before the parliament in print. Yes, and potential industrial action, I'm sure. For sure. Um, thanks very much, Muriel. Uh, Christina, uh, will 2023 be a busy year from an employment perspective in Spain? Thanks, Carly. Uh, yes, uh, there are a number of changes that employers should look at for in 2023 in relation to, to their Spanish operations. Uh, firstly, there's going to be an increase in social security costs. The Spanish social security system in general terms is funded by way of compulsory contributions for employers and employees. And the amount paid is calculated by multiplying like a social security contribution base that is similar to the monthly salary by a rate of around 31, 35% for the employer side. Uh, each year, the, the Spanish government establishes the maximum and minimum limits to be applied to the social security contribution basis. For example, in 2022 this year, the maximum social security base is 4,139 euros per month. And this limit applies irrespective of whether the employee's salary is higher uh, than the set maximum basis. However, the draft of the general state budget for 2023 proposed uh, to increase the maximum contributions basis by 8.6% for the next year. So in practice, this decision will have a direct impact on the employer's social security cost. Um, this proposal has generated a lot of controversy because it was unexpectedly announced without any prior notice by the government. Uh, even though the government, trade unions, and employer representatives are members of a social dialogue roundtable where all the employment-related issues should be negotiated. So at this stage, the proposal is going to the Spanish parliament, but it seems that this will be approved because the, the government has already committed to increase public pensions by 8.5%, and therefore there is a need for additional funds to cover these expenses. Uh, besides, the government uh, wants to would like to lift the cap on the social security basis uh, to increase the social security revenues uh, in an attempt to reduce the deficit that has been dragging on for years and to make this pension system more sustainable. So uh, the, the idea is to implement this new regime gradually, but it seems that for 2023, an increase of 8.6% uh, is, is quite high. Yeah, that, that certainly seems quite a hike given the difficult trading conditions that many employers are potentially facing at the moment. I also understand that uh, equality and dignity is also on the employment agenda for you. Yeah, yeah, this year has seen a lot uh, a lot going on in this area in Spain. Uh, for example, the recent law for equal treatment and non-discrimination has set out new grounds on discrimination, such as gender expression, disease or health condition, HIV status, and our genetic predisposition for our pathologies. This new law, in addition, establishes that regulations will be introduced although nothing has been introduced yet, but uh, this, uh, these regulations will require companies with more than 215 employees to publish detailed wage information. So the differences in salary can, could be analyzed to determine 
whether there are conditions or circumstances that could lead to understand that there is a discrimination. Uh, this definitely will have an impact for our clients uh, in human resources departments and concerning hiring and salaries policies. Um, in addition, it will be difficult for some of our clients to, to comply with these registers because from a data protection or an intimacy perspective, this kind of issues cannot be asked to employees. Uh, you cannot ask any personal issues to them. So we will have to wait and see when these new regulations are published and how they will apply in practice. And uh, as uh, in addition, as, as regards equality and diversity, um, there has been a recent reform on the, of the criminal law, uh, by which of which employers as legal entities can be criminally liable in cases of harassment or sexual harassment for, for offenses committed in their name or on their behalf or by legal representatives or authorized individuals who take decisions on their behalf and for their benefit or indirect benefit, or when these individuals uh, breach their duties of supervision and control concerning uh, harassment and sexual harassment. So as per this uh, new legal framework, uh, these liabilities will not arise if employers adopt and effectively execute organization and management policies. Uh, to prevent such offenses or to significantly reduce the risk of them taking place. So in 2023, employers must be more proactive in this space by providing training, drafting internal rules, guidelines, and supervising the implementation of, of these rules and policies. Thanks, Christina. I can certainly see how um, Spanish employers are going to have a very busy year next year. Was there anything else uh, that you wanted to mention? Um, yes, um, I just wanted to mention briefly the new in terms legal framework. Uh, the Spanish government is working on a legislation concerning trainees or interns, and this is because employment inspections in Spain at workplaces are discovering that a lot of jobs are being done by interns who are in fact ordinary employees. So. It seems that there is a, a, a draft of this new regulation. Um, following information say, shared by trade unions, the key issues uh, can be summarized as follows. There will be a more restrictive definition of uh, non-employment uh, trainees or interns. Uh, there will be a, a maximum number of, of uh, interns per company. There must be 20% of the company's total workforce. That would be the, the cap. However, there would be, the regard, regardless of the size of the company, any company could take two trainees. And companies must be also, uh, must appoint tutors to take charge of coordinating and monitoring a student's uh, programs. And there must be a maximum of uh, five trainees per tutor or three in the case of companies with, with less than, than 30 employees. Thanks very much, uh, Christina. So that brings us to the end of our brief roundup of the, the top European employment issues for 2023. Uh, of course, if you'd like to discuss any of the topics that we've covered today, please do get in contact with us. Uh, thank you for listening. We hope you all enjoy this festive season and wish you all the very best for the new year. Thank you.